Hello and welcome to Insurance Tomorrow, a podcast presented by me, Nick Hewer, and brought to you by Allianz. Now, in this series, we look at global trends impacting the insurance sector and the wider business community. We look at challenges as well as finding out about innovative technologies that could make a positive impact in the years and decades to come. Make sure you subscribe to the series. That way, you'll be sure to never miss an episode. This episode of the series was recorded in March 2020, before the COVID-19 pandemic really impacted on the UK and shifted everyone's focus right across the globe. Whilst the world is adapting to this new normal and the immediate impact of this virus, the effect on climate change with fewer commuters, fewer cars on the road and minimal flights does not go unnoticed. In this episode... We looked at the issue of climate change more broadly and its impact on businesses, brokers and the insurance industry before March. February 2020 was the wettest on record for England according to Met Office statistics. The UK was hit by two storms in subsequent weekends causing storm damage to hundreds of homes and businesses right across this country. By contrast, the summer of 2019 saw the UK's highest temperature ever recorded, a high of 38.7 degrees Celsius, was measured in Cambridge back in July. So what does this mean for the insurance industry and the businesses it protects? Now with me in the studio today to discuss this topic are John Dye, CEO of Allianz UK and chair of the ABI, Andy Thornley from Biba, and joining me from their extra headquarters is Patrick Sashon from the Met Office. Thanks all for coming today. Patrick, I'm coming to you. Set the scene for us. What do we mean by climate change? What we mean by climate change is um, a warming of the global climate. And uh, if you imagine that, you know, the weather that we experience is quite up and down, you know, lots of variability in it, but it proceeds along a line and there's an average you could draw. What climate change is doing is it's bringing that average up it's increasing that average um, global temperature and therefore all the the peaks and troughs around that average are gradually moving up um, over time and that has effects uh, on all of um, the, the, the world's weather but it's a it's a gradual increase in global temperatures that's behind climate change they're staying with the with the flooding patrick incidents like this getting worse or perhaps perception plays a bit of a part perhaps rolling news plays a part what do you think well, February was very wet. It was the wettest February we've had on record, so um, it was so notable for us. We have seen an increase in um, heavy rainfall events over the last number of years, but we don't know. It's inconclusive as to whether that trend is exactly down to climate change, but we do expect to see increases in rainfall in the future. Most of the projections around UK climate change do show increase in precipitation, especially in the winter. Now, let's talk to, to John. John, What's the insurance industry doing about this? What's Allianz doing? So if you look at the climate change issue uh, broadly, Nick, uh, there are kind of three areas that the insurance industry uh, would be uh, using to face off into it. Firstly, what we provide in terms of our products and services. Uh, Secondly, what we do with our investments, because insurers are very big investors, so how we choose to, to deploy our assets can make a very big difference. And then thirdly, as an industry, uh, what we do to lobby government uh, to get 
change uh, for the better in this particular area. So to the recent floods, for example, our first priority is obviously looking after those of our customers who have been affected. And we'll have been working with brokers to make sure that our customers are looked after. For the most seriously affected, you know, in the household space, they may well be an alternative accommodation. Whether they're householders or businesses, there will be a big clean-up job to do. And, of course, with an incident of this size, you, you, you then have to wait for the premises to dry out before you can start to remediate it. So it is necessarily a very long job. And we work very closely with our customers to make sure that they're getting all the help that they need. I think the industry as a whole actually has done a good job in managing the weather events that we've seen in recent years. And renewables. What about the all-important subject of renewables? So, for example, uh, we would be offering renewable energy products. So as the world moves from uh, carbon-based energy production into renewables, uh, that creates an opportunity for both insurers and brokers to offer new products. So at Allianz, we have products for for wind power, for solar power, for hydro. Uh, And I mean, this is a a new and exciting market. And Allianz globally is is the biggest player here. We've got about 6.8 billion uh, euros revenue in renewables. uh, And that number is growing all the time. So there are opportunities. Another opportunity area would be as we move from uh, diesel and petrol cars to electric cars. So our friends at LV have a new proposition for electric vehicles, which deals with some of the things that people would worry about. So often people don't buy an electric car because they're worried they're simply going to run out of juice. So part of the proposition is, well, we will collect your car and take you to the nearest charging point if that happens to you and you happen to have an LV electric vehicle policy. So there is opportunity for the industry in this, uh, and I think it's important not uh, not to overlook that. What about investments? Well, insurers are uh, big holders of assets, uh, and globally and locally, uh, Allianz has done a great deal, I think, to make sure that those assets are being deployed in the right sort of markets. So Allianz is a signatory to the UN-convened Net Zero Alliance. This is a group of insurance companies and banks which has committed to get its own investment portfolio to net zero by 2050. So what that means is every business into which we invest, either through their bonds or through their equity, needs themselves to get to net zero by 2050, which is quite a long walk from where we are now. But that's important if we're going to hit that plus 1.5% target, which is tied up in the Paris Accord. So Allianz has made that commitment, and that means we have to actively manage our investments and work with those people who we are investing in to make sure that their behaviours are moving uh, in the right direction. I mean, the Net Zero Alliance, I think it's something like $2.4 trillion worth of investments. So it's big enough to kind of move the dial. uh, And, you know, it's important, I think, that companies do what they can to move that dial. So what else is Allianz doing? Uh, Allianz is a member of ClimateWise, which is the the UK insurance industry's body, which looks at climate-related issues. Uh, Both brokers and insurers are members. uh, And ClimateWise members have to report on what they're doing to position their own businesses appropriately in terms of their strategy, how they run their companies, how they run their premises, where, of course, you know, there's a lot that you can do to improve your own kind of environmental friendliness, if you like. So that's another way that I think uh, the industry locally is, um, is taking this issue forward. And we have quite a good track record here of working with government in innovative ways to make sure that protection is still there for customers. So as sophistication in in flood prediction uh, technologies improves, you would come to a place where some households would actually find it quite difficult to obtain cover. 
But the industry, together with government, has solved that problem by creating a mutual reinsurer called Flood Re, which means that even if you are in the most risky postcode, uh, you will still be able to get insurance because your insurer will be able to lay off the risk to Flood Re as a reinsurer. So this has been in place for a couple of years now, and there are probably about 300,000 households who would not be able to get flood cover if it were not for the existence of flood re. So I think it's a great example of the industry and government working together to kind of solve the problem, rather than leaving 300,000 people whose homes are more likely to flood exposed to that risk, we found a way to collectively deal with that and make sure that cover's still available. What's the insurance industry doing to help its customers? So I think there's a great deal that the industry can do. Uh, I mean, fairly recently, as the chair of the ABI, I was calling on the government to increase its flood spending to £1.2 billion per annum. Uh, and uh, there's been a, obviously a commitment from government now that they will actually spend five billion, five point two billion, I think, actually over the next five years. Now, how much the AVI call had to do with that, we will never know. But it is important that the industry stands up and speaks uh, on on important uh, and critical issues like climate change. Excellent, excellent. I mean, the flood re thing is 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 important because there's so much in the press about what are we doing building all the properties on floodplains? It's madness. You just answered it. Yes, indeed. I mean, there's a particular angle to flood re that kind of exa- sort of absolutely underlines your point because flood re does not apply to houses built after 2009, and that is a a deliberate incentive to make sure that people do not build on floodplains because a very large proportion of the houses built since 2009 unfortunately have been built on floodplains uh, and you know clearly that's not something which is terribly sensible I mean you look at the uh, you know the, the situation around the country right now a number of floodplains have flooded that's what they're for exactly. I mean you know, that's, that's what nature intended so therefore not a sensible place to build houses. I sense that the insurance companies generally speaking the industry has reacted so quickly And I've heard very little blame being levelled at the insurance companies, far more at government. Yes, Nick, I think that's actually a very fair comment. And I think the the industry has learned over over the last decade or so. I mean, this is a critical moment of truth. I mean, this is what we're for. And I think if you look at uh, the way that we've reacted to... to Kira and Dennis, I think that's uh, a good example. In 2015, we had Desmond, Eva and Frank, who all came marching in in December. Mm. Uh, similarly, I think the industry stood up very quickly and has learned uh, you know, how to deal with these things proactively so people don't have to sit back and wait. You know, Really, we're in there uh, with, with representatives on the ground helping people from the moment of the event. Andy, what about Bieber and the brokers? How seriously uh, are they taking this climate change issue? Well, this is a really important issue for us. Each year we produce a manifesto, which is a compendium of all of the top market issues for brokers. And this year we included green finance and climate change within that because it's not just a responsibility of us to the next generation. It's it's us as risk managers, as brokers, as insurers to pull together to see what we can do to, to help. What role does the Met Office play in working with industries like insurance to prepare them for the future? Yes, we work with a wide range of industries, helping people understand what the weather has an impact on their business. Um, Climate change is just going to be a change in the average weather over time. So we work with a wide range of industries, the safety critical ones like aviation, working offshore, but also... Um, you know, building and construction, insurance, finance, um, retail, supply chains. And it's something that businesses are very concerned about themselves. Every year there's a, a report of risks run by the World Economic Forum. And consistently for the last five years or so, uh, businesses have reported that extreme weather events and uh, climate change are the 
top of the list for them in terms of likelihood and impact in the terms of risks that they're facing to their businesses. So it's something that businesses report there that they're worried about. I think then the amount of action that happens in industries is different. You know, safety critical ones where they have to take account of the weather now because they've got a very safety critical task to perform, like flying an aeroplane. They're very, very uh, well versed about how the weather impacts on them. But there are some businesses that tend to perhaps use it as an excuse, but they don't really understand how it's affecting their business and they don't really take much proactive action. So it's, it's different across industries, but we're we're there and we're helping people. And the work that I do at the Met Office is specifically targeted at trying to understand how we can develop new use cases, you know, new ways of using weather and climate science to help industry and business run themselves more efficiently, more effectively and, and keeping themselves safe. For sure, Patrick. But, you know, the guy in the street, the guy on the Clapham omnibus says, wow, we're only talking about a degree, maybe two. Doesn't sound like much to me. Why should we be so worried? Give us sort of a, a comment on the sort of scale. That's a degree difference in the, the average temperature. And whilst it seems like a small amount in terms of degrees of you know, global average temperature, which is a fa fairly sort of disconnected variable, it doesn't really tell you what the weather is at any one point in time. It's the extremes that that we're going to see that are going to be you know, have a big impact. So it's the extremes in some of the global rainfall patterns that we might see. It's the extremes in some global droughts that we might see. It's the extreme in temperatures in the UK. You know, summer temperature we saw... 38 degrees last summer, we could see, you know, extremes much higher than that in the future. And all of these things have impacts, you know, heat um, has significant impacts on people's health in the summer. Um, when it happens, um, and in the UK, we haven't seen much of that. But you know, if we see more of that in summers in the future, that could have a big impact on people. And then globally, you've got a much you know bigger problem, you've got areas of the world that you know, are going to be large affected by um, large-scale rainfall deficits and areas of the world that are going to be impacted by much higher extreme rainfalls as well. So it's relatively small amounts of, you know, sounds like relatively small amounts of changes in temperature, but it's it's that propagating out across the whole world and it's the it's the extremes and pushing those extremes all up by one degree. You know, that's, that's the impact that you're going to see across the world. So, John, here we are, back at Allianz. Are products having to change as our climate changes? Well, I think we are certainly looking to see products adapt to, to deal with the, uh, the impact of uh, climate change. So there are opportunities like renewable energy products or, or uh, electric vehicle products. For uh, the, the products set that we would see already, I think it's very much in the risk management space where we would see most of the, uh, the action and the opportunity right now. So I, I think uh, it really is becoming increasingly clear that something is changing here. I mean, it feels to me as though in the last 18 months, the whole notion that climate change is a real thing has become much more accepted than perhaps it was in the past. And we might ask ourselves quite why it took so long. But I think that's, that's definitely a fact. And, and if you look at the way that governments and regulators are ad addressing this issue now, uh, I think it's become sort of mainstream in terms of its acceptance. And therefore, we can expect our customers to be much more focused on it now. And, and that's for themselves in terms of how they run their own businesses, the precautions they take themselves, the way that they, uh, they operate to make sure that they're actually uh, you know, reducing energy consumption, for example. The same would be true for consumers. And, and I think from the consumer point of view, this has is, this is now become important. So when you choose who you are going to insure with, 
the way that they behave against critical things like climate change becomes actually a, a significant uh, you know part of your buying choice uh, and i think particularly for the younger generation you know this is really really important so I mean, we can see this as an employer as well so as as you're employing people you know they want to know that you are acting responsibly and you're doing the right thing and they want to be associated with you as an employer uh, as a company that's that's getting these things right so it'd be really important i think uh, that uh, whether you are a provider of products and services or an employer of people that you have a strong story here that you can demonstrate that you are doing the right things in terms of helping people with risk management that your product features are appropriately adapted and that what you're doing uh, when you handle a claim or when you choose where you're putting your investment portfolio is actually lined up with you know what you're saying i suspect it's very unlikely there's any business out there in the world that isn't saying it's doing the right things against climate change. The question is, are you actually doing it? Uh, And can you prove that you're doing it? And that, I think, uh, for consumers and for potential employees is is really, you know, increasingly important. You said 18 months. I think it's more recent than that. The mood has changed in the UK so dramatically. You know, it's not what's coming. It's here. And now that, you know, it's serious stuff, I think. And people, the young particularly, you know, want to make sure that everybody's behaving properly and are really doing something that's going to change this world. Yeah, I think the thing, I think the world really has begun to move, and and it, and to a large extent, it is driven by the young. So there's real pressure for for you as an employer to do the right thing. And similarly, from consumers, you know, it, people have a choice in terms of where they place their insurances, and they want to place it with an organisation which is demonstrably behaving in the right way, because these are these are critical issues for our future, aren't they? That's spot on, spot on, John. Now, Andy, what should brokers be telling their clients to think about now and in the near future? Well, first and foremost, as John said, it's a really important issue, this government's involved in it and looking at what businesses should be doing. The regulator, the FCA, published an occasional paper on this. So it's, it definitely is something that brokers should be engaged with. It doesn't just have to be a sword of Damocles hanging over uh, the industry, um, as in there's, there's action that government's going to be taking. It can be an opportunity as well. And John set out some of the, the products that they are delivering and also the wider industry are delivering and there's some other aspects that we're looking at so we've been speaking to government about things like micro mobility so we've seen these e-scooters which are currently illegal to ride on uk roads but how we as an insurance industry can engage with the government who are looking to legalize these to ensure that people have protection when they're riding on them Mm. or whether they're pedestrians as well these are the type of things that can get people out of cars and uh, using other forms of transport, free up congestion. And that's really, really important. Uh, From a flooding point of view, I've been engaged with government on property level protection. Uh, Again, John referenced that earlier, and that's ensuring that uh, where someone is at risk of flooding and they perhaps put floodboards in or more resilient uh, plastic skirting board, these types of things makes the property either resistant or more resilient in the uh, event of a flood, that these can be recognised because we have proper standards in place and uh, potentially discounts on premium or or deductibles uh, can happen as a result of that. It's small steps at the moment, but these are the types of things that we do. So in terms of what brokers can do, certainly us as their trade body, they can engage with us. This is a really important issue, both for their customers, for the government, for the regulator, but also for a lot of brokers themselves. And they tell us that that's important. So we this year will be launching a green toolkit. And this green toolkit will help 
brokers themselves to look at their own offices, make them more energy efficient, reduce energy bills. I mean, that you know makes business sense more than anything else. Even if you don't buy into the, the global warming uh, argument, it makes sense to, to engage with this sort of stuff, but also uh, for their clients as well. So clients that are responsible tend to be better risks to place. So clients that look at their own energy efficiency may well keep an eye on, make sure that things are locked up at the end of the night or the fire extinguishers are all in service and the like. So we think that this is a really good business argument more than anything else. It's a really important um, piece of work because we only we only have one planet. And if you want to stay relevant to your customer base, which, you know, sort of, let's be honest, the, the, the younger generation are, are coming through. This is a big issue for them. We'd encourage brokers to engage with us, to engage with the issue and engage with insurers like Allianz who are making great strides in this area. John's nodding here. You've got something to add, John. I think it seems uh, incredibly plausible now and difficult to uh, to disagree with the notion that things are getting worse. So I mean, the insurance industry globally spent $219 billion on two, between 2017 and 2018 on uh, uh, natural disasters of a, of a climate sort of uh, nature. And you can see that in the last decade, there have actually been four times more natural disasters than there were in the 1970s. So it seems very difficult to doubt that something has happened. I mean, if you look at Allianz as a global business, if you just look at what happened at the beginning of 2019, uh, 2020, uh, you know, we have floods in the UK, we have fires in Australia, followed by a flood, followed by uh, hailstorms where they're having hailstones the size of your fist. uh, And these things seem to be increasing in frequency. So I think it seems uh, very plausible that if we allow the temperature to tick up in the way that Patrick described, we should expect to see some more this and if we do well the insurance industry is in the front line obviously for the physical risk because we'll be paying more claims for storm and flood and we're also in the front line as investors for the transition risk because if companies start to become damaged by the fact that they're reliant on the carbon economy and we move away from that then the value of those assets is going to drop very substantially so it really is crucial that we get hold of this and now, Andy, let me turn to you. What should brokers be telling their clients to think about now and in the future? Well, of course, flood risk is really prevalent. And having that conversation with your broker can help to get you the best product that you can, especially um, if you are a small business owner, for example. So flood rate isn't available to uh, small business owners. So we have a, um, a, a scheme that perhaps uh, might be able to help with that. But with other wider issues, there's... Um, questions that you can ask about the insurer so john uh, quite clearly set out what Allianz are doing but if this is a big issue to you as a small business owner then that's the type of question that you can ask of um the the insurer that that risk is being placed with to say well what is the strategy vote with your feet and to say you know actually i i really believe in this in terms of um some of the other aspects Energy efficiency is certainly one. That's one issue that the government were very keen to speak to us. 75% of heat is lost through the fabric of a building. So they want to see what they can do to reduce our collective carbon footprint by reducing uh, that heat loss from buildings. So they're interested in the role that brokers play. 79% of all premium uh, in the commercial space is placed through brokers. So unique position going out to see small businesses, large businesses all across the land. They can have those conversations. So when we met with the energy minister, he wants to take that conversation forward to see how we can work together with government, with the industry and with their clients to try and make a difference because we think you know it's the right thing to do, but also we can we can actually do something here. 
Another fascinating discussion. My thanks to John Dye, CEO of Alliance UK and chair of the ABI, Andy Thornley from Bieber, and Patrick Sashon from the Met Office. Now, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. That way, you won't miss a single episode. And if you've enjoyed the series, do leave us a review. I'm Nick Hewer, and thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.